It's going. Action. All right. So, yesterday, um, you learned about one way of serving Hashem, serving Hashem with joy, and today we're going to talk about the other way of serving Hashem, serving Hashem, the feeling of goodness. Um, in general, um, the Rebbe said that our generation serves Hashem with bitterness is not advisable uh, for two reasons. Reason number one is because uh, we're not um, uh, strong enough to um, to be bitter about where we are and then to keep our self-esteem and to serve Hashem in a regular way. Our psychological makeup is such that that if we would focus on bitterness, that would um, that would derail us. So it's not that that um, we um, uh, are are uh, missing something in our service of Hashem without the bitterness. On the contrary, we would be missing something if we had bitterness. It would, it would derail us. That's one reason that we shouldn't focus on bitterness uh, nowadays. And the second reason the Rebbe says is because. Since our generation comes after the Holocaust and after all of the um, the uh, pain um, that came with it, so the pain of the Jewish people, Europe and elevated Jewish people, so that kind of medicine of bitterness is no longer necessary. In other words, because of our virtue, because we're on such a high level spiritually, as a result of all the pain that the generation experienced, so it's not something that we need. So the first reason is because of our deficiency, because we're not able to do it, it would mess us up. And the second reason is because of our virtue, we don't need it. Be it as it may, it's not something which is advisable nowadays. Uh, and yet, um, we could still learn a lot from this way of serving Hashem for many reasons. First of all, it shows us what, it's first of all, it's Torah. Uh, no matter what, it's Torah. Second of all, um, besides it being Torah, um, there is uh, certainly a time for bitterness in service of Hashem, uh, as says in Tanya, that uh, for a person is said anyways, um, for, because of some material reason, um, the, um, the bitterness for the material reason could be transformed to a bitterness for a spiritual reason. In other words, whatever um, whatever reason that it's been decided in heaven that, that God forbid a person has to endure something, um, if a person um, uses that and um, learns something in the service of Hashem that deflates his ego um, instead of the material reason, in other words, instead of like in this week's Torah portion, for example, it says, remember when Hashem gives you all of your strength, don't think that you're the one who's making things happen. So when you have a challenge financially, the first thing that it does is that you look to heaven and you say, you realize who's, who's making things happen. You realize it's not you accomplishing everything on your own. You realize Hashem is the one who's making things happen. So as soon as you get that message, um, there's no reason anymore to, uh, to go through whatever you're going through because Hashem is the one who, um, you realize Hashem is the one who is giving you the finances. So therefore there's no more reason for Hashem to 
give you that financial challenge because you already got the point. You already, you already figured out what the, that, that financial challenge was meant to accomplish, which was that it's not you who's doing everything. So in a similar way, it says in, in Tanya that when does Gvures, when Hashem gives a person, God forbid, Gvura in, in any way, and a Jew channels that and he uses that Gvura to, for self, um, uh, for focusing on his own, on his own uh, uh, shortcomings, so then he could be um, rid of the the material um, concerns because he's that, that will um, material concerns are supposed to achieve. So, so therefore, says Tanya, if you have Hashem is already sent to you something that's challenging you, you could use that as an opportunity to um, to be bitter about uh, some uh, something else that that. Some of your shortcomings, your spiritual shortcomings, and that's, that's to be rid of the financial or whatever uh, material challenges that Hashem has sent your way. Um, but today is the 15th of August, today the day of the greatest joy. So uh, hopefully, uh, I hope the 15th of August is America equivalent to the words to be written and sealed for good. So um, for sure, Hashem gives every one of us only good. And, we, and by our trust in Hashem, the things are only good. That already transforms it to be good. So uh, hopefully this is just something we need to study in Torah and has nothing to do with our service of Hashem. And it just tells us the way the service of Hashem gives us a different angle. A service of Hashem is meant to be, and we don't need to try this at home. Uh, let's go. The second way of serving Hashem, it's with a sense of humility and bitterness of because of your distance from Hashem. How do you achieve this? When you are a master of accounts, which means that you make a calculation of where you are spiritually. You go in detail in every thought and every word and action that you're doing. You think about what is for Hashem and what's not. And even in those things that you are not actually violating the will of Hashem, you're not doing something wrong. Rather, it's just that you're not doing things which are kosher for the sake of Hashem, which is also considered evil. Even when you're not doing things which are um, uh, against the will of Hashem, but if it's not for Hashem, it is also considered in the something. It's energy which is stemming from the other side, not the realm of holiness. The realm of holiness is characterized by devotion to Hashem. Whatever a person does for the sake of themselves, so it's um, whatever you do for the sake of yourself, um, it's not considered holy. It's not considered um, a holy action, even if it's kosher. But if it's not for the sake of Hashem, it's considered stemming from. The other realm, the realm of the opposite realms. So when you make a calculation of your thoughts and your words and actions, and you, and you ask yourself, if you're doing things for the sake of Hashem, if you're thinking thoughts which are for the sake of Hashem, are you, and you're saying words for the sake of Hashem, and further, you also analyze the good that you're doing, and you discover that you're not serving Hashem properly, even in the things that you're doing which are correct, <coughs> By the way, we are middle of chapter 13. Yudua, as it's known, 
every mitzvah has a specific intent you're supposed to have when you do that mitzvah. For example, mitzvah tefillin is something that is, is, that is meant to give us an opportunity to dedicate our thoughts and our feelings to the sake of Hashem. When you put on tefillin, you're supposed to dedicate your thoughts and feelings that they should be for Hashem alone. And the when do the mitzvah of an ethic, it's supposed to give you a sense of unity with all the Jewish people. Every mitzvah has its spiritual component, the thing you're supposed to think about. When you do that mitzvah, and the mitzvah of Esrik specifically is meant to give you humility. Humility. The word Esrik stands for the words Aleph, Tav, Reish, Gimel, stands for the words. Hashem, please take me away from the foot of pride. So that the mitzvah esrik is meant to take you away from arrogance. So every mitzvah you're supposed to have, think about the meaning of the mitzvah. And besides the specific thing you're supposed to think about in each specific mitzvah, tefillin about dedicating your heart and mind to serve Hashem, and of an esrik about unity, unity. And Esther, for example, about taking away, asking Hashem to take away your arrogance. Besides all the specific intents you're supposed to have with every specific mitzvah, there's also a general intent that applies to all mitzvahs. <coughs> you're supposed to think when you do a mitzvah that every mitzvah equally that you want to serve Hashem, that you want to accept upon yourself the yoke of Hashem, and you're trying to serve Hashem. As it says in chapter 41 in Tanya, that these two thoughts you're supposed to have in each mitzvah. Number one, the general thought, I want to fulfill the desire of Hashem. And number two, the specific um, meaning of this mitzvah. So you're being introspective. And you're asking yourself, am I really thinking about this when I do a mitzvah? And if you discover that you're not doing, thinking these things. You're not thinking about, oh, this is the will of Hashem. You're not thinking about, oh, when I put on film, I want to give my heart and mind to Hashem. I want to dedicate myself, my heart and mind to serve Hashem only. And you do a mitzvah frigidly, in a cold way, out of habit. You're not doing it the way it's meant to be. So if you think about the details of your thought, speech, and action, both in the negative sense, like what you're, what you when you when you're doing something which is kosher but not for the sake of Hashem, or conversely, even things which are officially for Hashem, but you're not even thinking about what you're supposed to think about when you do those things which are for the sake of Hashem. So you're doing a mitzvah which is for the sake of Hashem, but you're not thinking about what you're supposed to. So that's this is all part of your self-introspection and a self-discovery and and the introspection discovering how you're not um, doing all these things correct. Now the, the Rabbi Hashem adds another another um, layer over here. We're talking about serving Hashem, and we're talking about not measuring up to the way things are meant to be. Now the Rabbi Hashem adds another layer. What does meant to be mean, anyways? Meant to be. If we were to measure you against, measure any person, even Moshe Rabbeinu, against the truth of Hashem, wouldn't we discover that that Every person is not on the level of Hashem's truth. In comparison to Hashem's truth, isn't there 
does not leave much to be desired. There's a famous story of a chassid who came to Rebbe Leivitzkabedishev and he told Rebbe Leivitzkabedishev that he has a problem. What's his problem? Whatever he's doing, is not, he's not doing with an emiss. doesn't really do whatever he's supposed to do with the truth. It doesn't put his... It's not really emiss. Can you hear? Can you hear me? Yes. So then he tells Rebbe Leivitzkabedishev and even this that I'm telling you that I'm not doing things with the truth, that's also not with the truth. And even my complaint that I'm not, and that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, my confession to you isn't true, even my confession to you is also not true. And even the confession of my confession is also not true until he goes deeper and deeper, until he faints. And according to one version of the, of the story, uh, Rebbe said, and that's also not true. <laughs> one of the major things against the truth of Hashem, there's, 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 um, only so much that we could do. So, so besides measuring yourself against yourself and asking yourself if you're doing things properly, if we measured ourselves against Hashem's truth, Hashem's greatness, then we would discover that even the things we're doing right, the, the best way we possibly could, are also not true in comparison to Hashem's truth. Of a fraction, as Ben Yudosarim is saying, so. If you meditate about the greatness and exaltedness of Hashem, it means to say, it's in Glossary, and we'll say, compared to Hashem's true greatness and exaltedness, even the true service of Hashem is like zero. But not only is it like zero, even the best thing that we could do is considered like a sin. Why? When it, let's take, for example, a great and awesome king, if you serve the king, that's not in a way that's not befitting his stature, that's considered demeaning to him. A service of someone has to be commensurate to the station of the person you're serving. You can't compare the kind of service that's needed for a simple person to the kind of service that's needed for a great king. And if you'll serve the king the same way you would serve a simple person, the same way you would serve a commoner, it's considered like a sin, it's considered like a rebellion against the king. You are demeaning the honor of the king by your service. Because, yes, you're serving the king, but compared to what he deserves, he deserves something a lot more compared to his great stature. So to understand with this analog about Hashem, that in comparison to Hashem's true greatness and exaltedness, that no person could possibly understand Hashem's greatness. Even the service of Hashem, even the service of the great Sadiqim, cannot be compared to Hashem's true greatness. And that's the reason why every single Jew, during the ten days of tshuva, recites excessively the words of a confession: "We are guilty. We act perniciously, etc., etc." Why do all of us say these things? Even Moshe Rabbeinu, he also says, "We are guilty." Why do we all say we're guilty? Are we guilty in the same way Moshe Rabbeinu is guilty? Even Moshe Rabbeinu would have to say confession. On the ten days of Shuvah. Why? 
The reason is because compared to Hashem's greatness, even the true service of Hashem is considered like like a sin. And that is the meaning of this, the interpretation of our sages on the verse. Moshe Rabbeinu prostrated himself upon the earth. What caused Moshe Rabbeinu to prostrate himself, to fall on the earth? He saw God's attribute of, of truth. Who could possibly stand in the face of God's truth? So even Moshe Rabbeinu, who is serving Hashem in the truest way that there can be, he also falls in his face when he sees Hashem's truth, because compared to Hashem's truth, it's not, it's not, uh, it leaves much to be desired. It's not this, the truth that human beings are able to achieve. Um, it says in the Gemara, a Medrash rather, on the Pasuk, Hashem says, bring to me an ox or a sheep. So the Medrash comments that God doesn't ask us to do things that we're not able to achieve. Whatever God asks us to do, He asks according to our ability. When God gives, he gives according to his ability, the Medrash says. But when he asks, he asks us for according to our ability. Compared to Hashem's true greatness, we can't possibly serve him. We can't possibly measure up in a way that that will be significant. So all God asks us to do is to serve, us, to serve him with our truth. He's not asking us to serve him with his truth. It's impossible. He asks us only to serve him with our truth. If it's true for me, whatever truth means for me, that's what he's asking. Hashem is is absolute truth. And Hashem loves truth. And Hashem knows that I can't achieve absolute truth. So what is Hashem asking of me? He's asking that I should serve him with my truth, what's considered truth for me. So why should I be so upset that I'm not serving Hashem with absolute truth? That's not something that he expects. However, it's once in a while that Rashab says a person should really think about this, um, this the absolute truth of Hashem and, and, and realize how distant he is from Hashem's truth. Yes, it's not something you're able to achieve, true, but you also should, this also should, should um, it's 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 good once in a while to um, to get out of our uh, our uh, comfort zone and and think about how great we are and think instead about however much we're serving Hashem. It's still not comparable to Hashem's truth. It's good to shake us up once in a while. Um, so that that's good to do once in a while if you're Moshe Rabbeinu. If you're Moshe Rabbeinu and you're, uh, it's still good for Moshe Rabbeinu to, to, to see Hashem's truth and, and to be humbled by it. How much more so is it a good idea for someone who's not serving Hashem, even with his own truth. He's not serving Hashem with his own truth. How much more so is it necessary for him to, uh, to, uh, to say the words of confession and, and to feel humble because he's not measuring up to his, his service of Hashem in a way that he's able to achieve. How much more so is he, um, should he be humbled by the fact that 
even the things that he is doing, it's not pure. All kinds of other selfish motives enter our minds when we serve Hashem. And especially if you discover that you're saying things and doing things that are not for the sake of Hashem. And by thinking about mistakes you're making, you realize that you really are far off from the service of Hashem. This should make you feel very bitter and make you cry about how distant you are from Hashem. So that, that's by thinking about how Hashem, Hashem's truth and how your service of Hashem is insignificant. And it's, it's thinking more de- in more detail about your own truth and how your service of Hashem is, doesn't even measure up to your own truth. And thinking about how, not just that it's not true, but all kinds of other selfish motives creep into what you're, whatever you're doing to serve Hashem. That will bring you to realize how far you are. And that will contribute to a feeling of real bitterness. And that, that, and that will make you really cry for real about your distance from Hashem. So, in short, one today is like this. There's another way of serving Hashem. And that's with humility, by meditating how distant we are from Hashem. How distant we are from an adequate service of Hashem. When, especially if you consider the one that we're serving, that you really can't... Um, serve Hashem possibly according to the way he is meant to be served um, but uh, if a person not serving Hashem the way he is met, the way he can serve Hashem the way Hashem asks him to serve him so he's literally like someone who's rebelling against Hashem he's not just not getting his brownie points for not being so true but if he's serving Hashem and he's not really giving Hashem his truth so it's like is the meaning it's like a, someone going in front of the king and and giving the king a service which is demeaning to the king. He's doing something which which insults the king. So too with the Abish truth, absolute truth, he cherishes truth. So if you serve Hashem and it's not it's not real, it's uh, it's considered a rebellion against Hashem. My great grandfather, Abisol Nebler, he said a story about someone who was originally uh, from a very Hasidically challenged um, group of Jews. Then he became a Hasid uh, of some Polish Rebbe, and then he became a Chabad Chassid. So they asked him what the difference is in his experience between being in the Chassidically challenged group, being a Polish Chassid, and being a Chabad Chassid. They said the difference was in the way he recited his confessionary prayers. When he was challenged Chassidically, he was in, a more, in the more Misnagdisha camp, he looked at the words in the prayer that say we are guilty, and he would say to himself, we are guilty? Who's the we? I'm not guilty. I don't know any of these things. And he said, and he said oh, actually, I'm referring to um, um, I'm referring to other Jews. We, and in, in the, in the, it's a royal we, it's not me. Then he became a Pele Shechassid, and he learned about the Baal Shem Tev, and about the true service of Hashem, and loving Hashem, and reverence for Hashem. He said to himself, yeah, guilty as charged. But um, he also said, I'm going to repeat these mistakes tomorrow. There's no way to get out of this. And then when it became a Chabad Chassid, he came to a new kind of dedication to the service of Hashem in which he declared, yes, I've made mistakes, but no, it ain't happening again. Here I am. And uh, the 15th of Av actually reveals, just like the 9th of Av is the ultimate calamity of the Jewish people spiritually and physically. The 15th of Av is when we recover and when we reveal how all of the um, Hashem reveals how 
the ninth of Avot's calamities are for the purpose of the rebuilding of the Beis Amigdash for the coming of Mashiach. The 15th of Av reveals the purpose of the calamities that happen. So to on a personal level, the 15th of Av is about revealing in ourselves that our own mistakes, personally, our own ninth of Av moments, how they are also meant to contribute to our service of Hashem. How they were meant to, um, the ninth of Av is meant to, the 15th of Av is, is the day when Hashem gives us the ability to do tshuva and to reveal all the different spiritual things <coughs> in our life, how they actually contribute to our service of Hashem and make us be the way we're meant to be. We're able to do sure, we're able to, we're able to suddenly just like turn around and and uh, take the, uh, the uh, ride the wave, ride the wave of our mistakes and say, you know, I made these huge mistakes and it, it happened and it's also by divine providence and uh, Hashem gives us the ability today to turn our tishabavs into Mashiach moments. By tshuva, to, to use those moments that we had and we failed and to reveal their positive, how this contributed to our service of Hashem. That's the meaning of our request and our prayers. We say to God, God, write us in the Book of Merits. What kind of request is that? If we're not in the Book of Merits, so then why should we be in that book? The answer is we're asking Hashem, help us rewrite our history, our, which actually happened, so that it turns out that we show that all the things, we, all the mistakes we made are actually things that contributed to our service of Hashem, so that our mistakes become part of our book of marriage, become part of the book. Help us rewrite the story of our lives so that the previous chapters actually contribute to way to, to our success. All right, have a wonderful Yantiv. Thank you, Rabbi. Oh, by the way, you see, I forgot to give it.